Rubber Duck 2022 Week 40 The In-Depth Articles Gaze-Driven Navigating or How to Use Eye Movements to Improve User Experience in a VR Environment This article talks about how eye movements, especially gazing, can be used to improve human-computer interactions. It gives an example of first-person shooter gaming. The idea is that uh, average reaction time in a first-person shooter game is about 250 milliseconds. On the other hand, the human eye can focus on a target in about 20 to 40 milliseconds, which is orders of magnitude less than the reaction time you will get in an FPS game. So why not use this knowledge to improve gaming? For example, Instead of using a mouse to shoot the target, you could track the eye movements and the gaze and then eliminate the target whenever a gaze is detected on it. This together with another form of input, for example movement of the hand, a blink or even gazing on another object on the screen can be used to eliminate the target instead. Furthermore, when eyes move rapidly to another target, there is a brief period of blind spot, meaning that our brain doesn't interpret the input from the eyes. You can test that by looking in the mirror at your left eye and then quickly switch to your right eye and then back and forth. What you will see is that it's like you're not switching your eyes at all. It's like you're always looking at each eye separately. There's no movement between them. There is no switching. On the other hand, if you do the same with a webcam, because of the delay between the input and output, you will actually notice it. This fact can be used to improve the rendering performance. For example, once we detect a rapid eye movement, we can skip a few frames without the user actually noticing anything. Also, when we are focusing on a target, on a limited area, our peripheral vision is often blurry and has less details and colors. Game engines can use this fact to produce a much higher quality image around the focus area and render a much more simplified version in the areas of the peripheral vision to improve the rendering performance drastically. This is especially useful in the VR environment where the field of vision is wide. The next article is a good read about the RISC CPU architecture, its history, and the philosophy. IBM was trying to win the computing power game against its main contender, DexVax. During this time, the general trend of CPU innovation was towards moving complexity from software to hardware. The rationale was doing so avoids heavy memory instructions because after all memory was not as fast as today and therefore it made sense for each instruction to do more. Thus, the instruction generated, the code that the CPU runs, would be more compact and memory efficient. It was around the same time that a small team within IBM had a hypothesis that most of the work consists of a simpler instruction set and the complex instruction sets are not adding the benefit everyone expects. So they designed a new computer based on that analysis called 801, which had a simpler instruction set. They ran simulations and concluded that the code 
generated for this new CPU is not very different in length from the more complex CPU. The problem was that they were swimming in the opposite direction of the rest of IBM. And when IBM decided to stop competing with VAX, eventually the idea of risk was shelved. The term risk or reduced instruction set computer was coined later by a different team. But the idea was never to have less number of instructions, but to have less complex instructions. Now let's take a look at the software news. Net Newswire, a free and open source personal news feed generator. I have been using Feedly.com for a while now. It's a paid service that lets you keep a list of your favorite blogs and get updates whenever there is something new. It works nicely most of the times and it has an AI that helps you identify similar articles and does more. Therefore, I was a bit skeptical about a free tool that claims to do the same, given that I had tried other tools before, free and paid, and I was disappointed. But NetNewsWire pleasantly surprised me. It is simple, fast, and elegant. At least on Mac, where I read my feed, it is quite stable and well-designed. Now, I'm seriously considering to migrate from Feedly if I can get blogs that don't have RSS to work. Next article is an animated explanation of the Raft distributed consensus. The Raft algorithm is used to build eventual consistency for distributed systems. It is resilient to node and network failures and guarantees the consistency of data by implementing an election-like algorithm. The idea is that one node becomes the leader randomly and synchronizes data received from clients with the rest of the nodes. If that node becomes unreachable, other nodes will start a re-election by voting for the first leader that sends them a message. A node only becomes a leader when it receives majority vote. Data is sent to the rest of the nodes from the leader node in form of log replication. A transaction is considered committed only when majority of the nodes have responded with the acknowledgement to the leader. Next article is about why having multiple AWS accounts for isolation is a good idea. Before IAM was introduced, different AWS accounts were used to provide isolation. To this day, this is the most powerful isolation provided by AWS. IAM rules can be defined to restrict access on resources, but there is no way to guarantee that a newly created resource belongs to a certain environment using IAM policies. Services running in the same account may have undesirable effects on each other. For example, it should never be possible that deploying to staging should affect production. It is very common to reach a quota on an AWS account. To continue usage, usually a support request should be created and it can take days before quotas are increased. Quotas are enforced based on AWS accounts. Therefore, the isolation helps avoiding system disruptions caused by reaching a quota on one service to another one. This article goes further than isolating the environments and proposes to isolate each service to make sure the quotas and security measures only affect a certain service and teams can avoid stepping on each other's foot. It also helps categorizing costs and check where most of the cost is going. Next is an illustrated Description of the stable diffusion. This article shows how diffusion works to create images from noise and how together with clip text, which is another model for matching images with text description of them, they make generating images from text possible. The article separates the two components, 
image and text predictions and explains how they can be trained, then shows how the new approach of stable diffusion allows to combine these models to generate images from text. Now let's talk a little bit. Now let's talk about the virtual threads introduced in Java 19. Java threads have a large memory footprint, which makes them expensive. Thread pools are used to make these threads reusable and therefore make them more efficient. Virtual threads are implemented to address this issue. Under the hood, they use the platform threads, which is handled by the operating system. Context switching and memory management, however, is done in JVM itself. This makes it possible for these threads to be extremely lightweight and because of that, no thread pooling is required. The operating system doesn't know about the virtual threads and their API is very similar to the conventional threads in Java. So migrating to the virtual threads should be fast and easy.